0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. I'm going to help you discern the difference between three things that often get confused with each other. Number one, suffering for God. Number two, an attack from Satan. And number three, a natural consequence. All three of these produce the same response. We don't like it. We don't like it. And since we don't like it, we generally just whine about it and blame it all on the devil. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, okay. But if we're going to get, if what we're going through is God ordained suffering to help us grow, whining and complaining is just going to keep us from getting where God's trying to take us. If it's a natural consequence of something we did or something someone else did or simply because we live in a fallen world, whining and complaining is just going to delay your freedom in Christ. If it's an attack from Satan, whining and complaining just gives him exactly what he needs to destroy your life, even when he's been stripped of all of his authority and power. So regardless of if it's suffering for God, an attack from Satan, or a natural consequence, whining and complaining will not help you. It's not going to help you. That's worth the price of admission right there. Maybe I should just stop there, and we could all go home, and you could remember that. But I'm not going to stop there. But whenever you do start whining and complaining, I hope you're reminded of this moment. and You think, hmm. This is going to get me nowhere. So I'm going to stop this nonsense and I'm going to get on with finding the solution. And the solution is going to be different depending on which one of those three things is actually causing your suffering. So let's start with everybody's favorite, suffering for God. American Christians have a really hard time with this because we've been trained that once we say yes to Jesus, everything's going to be just peachy keen. It's going to be great. You're going to have all kinds of money. Everybody's going to love you. Suffering? Oh, yeah, the early church went through that, and they took care of it for us. So we just get to have the perfect day every day. American Christianity, right? But in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are able to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. All right. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later, praise God. So it turns out there is suffering now, in this life, even as a Christian, or should I say, especially <laughs> as a Christian, there is suffering, but the suffering will be transformed into glory. Yes. That's amazing. But what kind of suffering are we talking about? I mean, before I, before I say okay to this, I need to know what we're talking about here. Does this mean we have to be sick to bring glory to God? Man, you all are trained so well. <laughs> That just lets me know I've done a good job. Do we have to be poor to bring glory to God? (laughs) See, this is where we get confused, though. We hear, I have to suffer for God, and then we assume that every bit of suffering is an experience from God but that's not the case. Let me highlight an important detail in the scripture we just read. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share whose suffering? His suffering. This tells you exactly what kind of suffering brings glory to God, the same suffering that Jesus experienced. It's good. Was Jesus ever sick? No. Was he poor? He was not, some people say that he was. He was not poor. Every need was met. If he needed to pay his taxes, he could go get it out of a fish if he wanted to. If he needed to feed 5,000 people, give me five loaves, two fish, I got this covered. Jesus was not poor. He was very wealthy. He could multiply anything. So what kind of suffering did Jesus experience? Well, number one, he suffered rejection. He showed up as a fulfillment of the scriptures, didn't he? And yet those who taught the scriptures rejected him. Like the religious leaders who should have been his greatest supporters rejected Jesus. And not only that, but his own hometown rejected him. You guys remember that story? He's out healing the sick, casting out demons, doing all these great things. He goes back home to do it. And they're like, no, we don't want it. They rejected him. And he also suffered betrayal. There was lots of people on the outside who rejected Jesus, but even one in his inner circle of 12 disciples betrayed him, Judas. Judas. And I've had this happen, and it hurts. There was a couple who spent years helping us build this church. They came and served every Sunday. They went on mission trips. We probably shared hundreds of meals together. And then when I started preaching against the woke false gospel, they got mad and they left, and they didn't leave quietly. They betrayed our church by going out there and spreading all kinds of lies and rumors about our church and about me. So Jesus was not only rejected by those around him, but he was even betrayed by his own team, people who were close to him. And on top of it all, he suffered persecution. He was continually mocked for his beliefs. He said, I'm the Messiah. People didn't like that. So he was mocked for it. People made fun of him. They lied about him. And in the end, they whipped him. They beat him and they killed him. So when the Bible mentions suffering as Jesus did, this is what it's talking about. You will be rejected. You will be betrayed. And most definitely, you will be persecuted for following Jesus. And here's how Jesus explains it in Matthew chapter 5. He said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. I am one blessed man. I can tell you that. People are going to say all kinds of evil things about you when you truly follow Jesus. It's part of being a follower of Jesus, but God always transforms persecution into blessing. He transforms persecution into glory. Amazing. So when you're suffering for God, the solution is to rejoice despite your suffering because it's going to turn into something amazing. Just remember, suffering for God does not include sickness. It does not include poverty. For our suffering to qualify as something from God, it must line up with the same suffering Jesus experienced. So just ask yourself, did Jesus go through this type of suffering? If the answer is no, then it is not from God. That is good. That is good. Is it helping you? All right, let's move on to the next one, an attack from Satan. We like to give him credit for all of it. But only some of the challenges we face in life are a direct attack from Satan. And even then, he can't do anything without your consent and cooperation. Are you surprised at what I just said? Satan cannot do anything without your consent and your cooperation. Maybe you've been taught that Satan is so powerful that he could just come and torment you anytime that he wants to. I'm about to blow that to smithereens and set you free today. Scripture reveals that we have the same authority as Jesus. Amen. So let's look at how many times Jesus was attacked by Satan and what Jesus did about it. In Luke chapter 4, we learn that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. How many of you would be excited about that assignment from the Holy Spirit? The first temptation was food. For 40 days, he ate nothing. And for most of us, we wouldn't make it past day two. The devil would show up and tempt us with Chick-fil-A. We would fold and it would all be over. AJ? Yeah. As you can imagine, at the end of the 40 days, Jesus was very hungry. I imagine this was like hangry to a whole nother level. The devil waited until Jesus was at his weakest to show up and tempt him. And by the way, this is what Satan always does. Have you ever noticed how much harder it is to deal with the enemy's lies whenever you're sick, whenever you're tired, whenever you're hangry? The first attack was a direct assault on Jesus' identity. Here's what Satan said. He said, if you really are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Satan is after your identity. Like if he can get you to question your God-given identity, that's when he can do the most damage in your life. That's how you know the LGBTQ agenda is authored by Satan, because all of it is an identity crisis. Every letter, LGBTQX, whatever else is they're adding to that, it is all an identity crisis. God is the one who creates, male and female. He designs your gender at the moment of conception. If Satan can get you to question the foundation of who you are physically, you will never find out who you are in Christ. The very first attack Satan hurled at Jesus was to get him to question his identity. What did Jesus do? Well, Jesus answered him and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Every attack from Satan can be destroyed with the word of God. That's why it's so important for you to get into the word every day, because you need to know it so you can use it as a weapon against Satan. So most of you know my story about being delivered from homosexuality. If not, go watch the LGBT FAQ video on our website at nolimits.church. But even after I was delivered, Satan kept attacking my identity. I would hear these thoughts like, you were born that way. You can't change. And before I was delivered, I would just listen to this crap and receive it. Maybe I was born this way. But I learned to respond with the word of God, y'all. No one is born gay, but even if I was, I was born again. Amen. My old life is gone and I have new life in Christ. I'm now dead to sin and alive to God. And for every temptation, God provides a way out. Bam. Defeat the enemy with the word of God. So guess what happened when I started using the word as my weapon? I never fell into that sin again. The devil then tried two more things on Jesus. Back to Jesus here. Both failed because Jesus used God's word as his weapon. So what have we learned so far about attacks from Satan? All he can do is lie. All he can do is lie. That's his only attack. But if you believe the lie, then it can manifest into something that's physical. But it all starts with the lie. Heart problems run in your family. That's why you're having chest pain. You're going to die young. It all starts with the lie. But it can only manifest if you get consent for the lie to become your reality. Yes, physical ailments can show up into your life simply because you believed a lie and allowed it into your life. But every lie could be struck down with the word of God. Every curse has been broken through Christ. I don't care if it runs in my family. I don't receive that curse. It's been broken. I'm walking in freedom. If you aren't using the word of God against Satan, start today. It works. It works every time. So it turns out attacks from Satan really aren't all they're cracked up to be. Like I said earlier, he can't do anything without your consent and cooperation. You have to give in to the lie for it's going any further. So now the question is, was Jesus ever attacked by Satan after this, after being tempted in the wilderness? Well, in John chapter 8, Jesus is in the temple, and he's explaining to people that he's the Messiah. He told them over and over again that he was sent by God and that he and the Father were one. Jesus was secure in his identity. He knew who he was, and it's a good thing, because even Satan himself tried to attack his identity, and the religious leaders did the same. And on more than one account, they tried to stone Jesus to death, and he got away. They tried to arrest him, and he got away. It's amazing. And this reveals that even if you do not submit to Satan's lies, there's other people who are submitting to Satan's lies. They allow Satan to work through them by cooperating with his lies. But even when Satan uses people to attack you, they can't do anything to you except persecute you. When you know your authority in Christ and you're resting in his promise of protection, they can't do anything to you but lie about you. So then why was Jesus crucified? Because he decided to lay down his life. Take a look at John chapter 10, verse 18. No one can take my life from me. This Jesus talking. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also take it up again. So Jesus decided when it was time to lay down his life, Satan tried to kill him over and over and over again, but he wasn't successful until Jesus decided, now you can do it. And he wants you to know that you can decide when to lay down your life. You don't have to die prematurely. God wants to satisfy you with long life. In case you're struggling to believe that you can walk in the same authority that Jesus did, let me remind you of something. First John 1, 6, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Did Jesus allow death to take him out before he was ready? No. He decided when to lay down his life, and we should live our lives as Jesus did. So walk in your authority. You decide when it's time to lay down your life. So do you need to fear attacks from Satan? Uh, No. Do you need to fear people who are controlled by Satan? Do you need to fear the alphabet mafia? No. Remember, all Satan can do is lie, and it can only turn into something else if you receive the lie instead of destroying it with the word of God. So the answer to an attack from Satan is always speaking the word of God. So you better know the word and cherish the word. So that's what comes out of you the moment the enemy lies to you. Let's move on to the last one, natural consequence. So some of the suffering we go through is natural consequence. Maybe you did something foolish. Maybe somebody else did something foolish that affected you. Or maybe it's just because we live in a fallen world. Let me give you some examples. If your kids wake you up several times a night for several nights in a row, like you're going to be tired. It's not an attack from Satan as much as it feels like one. It's a natural consequence. If you drink pop daily and you eat your favorite packaged treats several times a day, you will become type 2 diabetic at some point in your life. And it's not going to go away until you stop being foolish with what you're putting into your body. If you smoke every day, your lungs will fail you at some point. They're pretty resilient, but they can only take so much. If you're... Oh, hold on. And you know, from what I can tell, you know, most of the sickness we deal with today actually results from natural consequences. It results from what we eat, what's in our water, these vaccines, these viruses, the bacteria, it's all this natural stuff. Does this mean that we just have to deal with it and take it? Absolutely not. It means we need to lean into the power of Jesus to help us change our behaviors and trust him to handle the things that we cannot change. So every day I pray, my food is blessed by the word of God in prayer. I know there is nothing purely nutritious left on this earth, but I trust you, Lord, to restore it back to its original design as it enters my body. That's my daily prayer. And then I go about my day and I make good choices. I drink lots of filtered water. I eat healthy proteins and clean fats. And I just stay aware of how much sugar I'm eating and the simple carbs and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I do eat a donut every now and then, but I do not eat a donut every day. And not even every week. I simply ask myself, you know, when's the last time that I had a treat? It's just a self-evaluation every time I sit down and I think that I want a treat. When's the last time I ate something like that? If it was two hours ago, I might should wait. All right. (laughs) But y'all, we can trust God to shield us from the harmful things that are around us. Praise God! But our behaviors must cooperate with what we are asking Him to do. In other words, don't be asking for t- for healing from type two diabetes when you're not willing to lay down the desserts and the pop. It just doesn't work that way, as much as we want it to. Have our genie in a bottle, God, God, let me do what I want with no consequences. <clears throat> I know, that's a, this is a popular message right here, isn't it? Maybe we should just expand on this. You're like, Kate, hey, I, I thought I wanted you to preach, but I changed my mind. Can we go home now? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Just don't make a religion out of what you eat and what you drink. That's just as unbiblical. God has provided food for our nourishment and our enjoyment. Pray over it daily and just ask him to help you eat what your body needs. So the answer to suffering resulting from natural consequences is simple. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you change your behaviors. While trusting him to handle the things that you cannot change. There's only so much I can do about how many times my kids wake me up at night. But I can't ask the Holy Spirit to energize me regardless of how much sleep that I got last night. So let's recap and pay attention to this because I'm about to sum up the last 20 minutes in three short paragraphs. Suffering for God must align with the suffering Jesus experienced, primarily persecution. The solution is to rejoice in the midst of your suffering because it will turn into glory. An attack from Satan always starts as a lie. He cannot do anything in your life unless you cooperate with the lie. The solution is to destroy the lie by speaking the word of God. Suffering from natural consequences is part of life. The solution is to ask the Holy Spirit to help you change your behaviors while trusting Him to handle the things that you can't change. Amen. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.